We are on. Welcome, everyone, to an all-new episode of Talking From. We are going to discuss Season 2, Episode 3, titled Tether, <laughs> for nefarious, horrible reasons. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my amazing, wonderful co-host, Kinte. Kinte, thank you so much for joining and for being a part of this. How are you? I am good, and you know what? I will take being amazing and wonderful. I, I say it in all sincerity. It is definitely not hyperbole. Um, th that was just to quote, you know, our regular president right now, who oftentimes says that's not hyperbole. So, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's talk about episode three. And let's actually take a little bit of time to, uh, first of all, discuss the awesomeness of the pacing of the first three episodes all together. Um, uh, we mentioned a little bit about this post or pre-show. I got to say, I am totally with you on this. The pacing for the first three episodes has been pretty amazing. Um, what are your, t what, what's your thought on that? Oh, no. Yes. It's uh, the pacing is definitely changed. It's so much better. And uh, I, I got it. I mean, look, I like the first season. Don't get me wrong, but um this is so much better. It moves better. Uh, I, I feel like uh, this is where this is a good sweet spot for the show. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I also think that uh, episode three begins to drill down on some of the unexpected consequences of both not believing, and I'm using that word specifically, in what's happening and also the consequences of some unintended actions which seem to rattle everyone so let's start talking about uh what has happened so boyd basically gets back to town and he's still got these worm things under or in his arms he's clearly not just trying to understand what's happening but he's really questioning how can any of this be real and I pause on that and I'd love to get your take on it because I, I do think that this is a real pivot point for Boyd. He really wants to know how could any of this be possible. Now, with the context that he's been living through this for at least the past year. So what do you think about that? His like sort of almost existential crisis about not either wanting to believe or ability to believe what's happening is real. Um, uh, when I say that, okay. So you, you're asking me why what does do you, he, go well, ahead. Well, what do you think about Boyd's sort of existential crisis that he's having at the moment about everything being real? Because Let's not forget that Abby also. Which is the similar... same crisis we're having as an audience, right? <laughs> and 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 when Abby had this existential crisis, remember what she tried to do? She tried to wake everybody up by killing everyone. Right, right. Um, uh, you know what? What I think it is is, uh, is I think it's the I think it's the show trying to. Um, trying to uh get us the audience to um i don't know I, I think it's like a i think it's a misdirect yeah 
to be honest with you, but uh, for our, for us, the audience, but if we want to go to just how the character, the character, um, I really feel like it's, um, I feel like it's not necessarily, um, I, I think it's, a, it's something that we're going to actually at some point find out that it is, it is what it is, if that makes sense. I don't know if it is what it is makes sense. No, but, uh, I do. And I think we alluded to this in the last episode. There is, I think, a point at which we have to either grapple with the idea that life is but a dream or we have to accept that that's not what's happening and something else is something that is far bigger than the comprehension that we have of the town is cluing us in on or that we can understand at the moment because okay i'll give you my take and then you tell me what your take is okay I can't foresee that this is all a dream and I'll tell you why, because it's so much effort to put into minutia into small clues. And the reason that that doesn't work for me is because anyone who knows anything about dreams knows that you don't pay attention to small details in your dream. The right. dream is an overall concept. The dream is a, uh, you know, it's a vision of things, but like dreams, um, when you wake up, they flitter away. You're not aware of the small thing. There are too many small things happening here that make me think, no, that's not what's going on. But what's your take? Yeah, I, I don't think it is a dream, but I think I think the character uh, needs to start questioning it because it questions her his sanity. Because remember, his his wife or his uh, his uh, well his now deceased wife uh, went through something like that. So right. it's like, it's almost like it's, even though we have the character who's going through uh, something, um, I feel like it's, uh, he's almost, he's starting to question, is he falling into the same thing that his, his uh, now deceased wife is? There's, there's another aspect to this, which I think that episode three sort of leads us into, and that is, and it's, and it's under the radar, but I feel like it is mentioned enough times that if we're not paying attention to it, we may not be understanding the full concept here. And that is Ethan continually talking, and Victor, talking about this as a quest. And what does the quest mean? What are the small pieces? Because if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, you know, sometimes you get carried away by paying attention to the things that you think are important and they actually mean nothing. But then you miss the bigger contextual clues of things and it's like, oh, well, oops, uh, now I'm stuck. And now I have to go back and do the puzzle all over again. And there's a part of me that thinks that that might be what we're sort of seeing is that, you know, you can't, is that this is some kind of game and the, and the people who are playing the game don't understand the rules. So every time they make a move, something might happen and that just brings them back to either square one or gives them multiple new clues to have to deal with. You know, that's pretty good. Uh, um, that was uh, Kudos to you on that one. Because... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm 
Okay, I'm gonna just give you some props on that one because uh, that is definitely not where I what I what I got you know from it. And then listening to it, I was like, you know what? Wow. Okay. <laughs> so excuse uh, it, me, but uh, that's pretty good. That was good. I mean, you know, it's like I said in our last uh, See, that's podcast. Why you're in the podcasting Hall of Fame. That's honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all conjecture it's it, everything right now is just conjecture but i do think that you know look we've all seen enough mystery type shows to right. know that that oftentimes we get sort of a preview to what they're trying to say without saying it out loud and from is just trying to in some ways be the most bombastic of that by giving us as many clues as they possibly can without giving us any context as to what they need they mean or what they the people need to pull from them so everything that we've experienced feels like it may be important even when we don't know how um i'm gonna go jump. i feel like gonna... scooby-doo i feel like scooby-doo a clue <laughs> yeah ex yeah exactly um th that's how i feel too at the end if we pull off the mask and it was just yeah no uh, we won't even go there well, let's not go there you meddling kids uh, uh yeah that's what i was gonna say um okay let's uh, let's jump over to tabitha real quick because in this episode tabitha really uh begins to start manifesting some sort of bizarre things just like ethan did uh ethan mm -hmm. saw the little boy in white and so does victor right Right. Tabitha now sees these two little kids who basically are following her around. And um I'm Which not a hundred Yeah, they are, right? Yeah. And I'm not sure I mean they smile, which is I think terrifying. Um and one Why of the girls... kids smile in movies and T V stuff, it's like frightening. Because you don't know what they're up to. Because it could be something completely honest, or it could be something absolutely mischievous, uh, and you'll never see it coming. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing to remember is uh, when 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 she sees when um, when Tabitha sees this little girl, one of the little girls, it's the same little girl that she saw in the catacomb. Right. So, whether now the question that I have is. Are, are those different? Uh, well, clearly they have to be different than the creatures that come at night, right? Because right. the creatures that come at night are, first of all, they're bloodthirsty and mm -hmm. they attack. Uh, and these people don't seem to. And secondly, they're all children. Yeah, so, which I don't, I don't think they, they are necessarily the same as the, uh, the, um, the creatures that we, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they seem to be on, I don't want to say on our side, but but they seem to be maybe not, not, not negative. Well, I, and I think it might take Tabitha a little bit of time to figure this out. Victor figured it out because when there was the huge slaughter and at the very beginning when Victor was a child, we see that in the flashback, um, it was the boy in white that basically brings him to safety. Right. And so Tabitha, I don't think, has identified that there's anything 
good that can happen, but she also hasn't shared her vision with Ethan yet. And so I don't think that Ethan and Tabitha have had the conversation about the boy in white on a level that kind of works because Victor said something to Ethan, uh, I think like about keeping it secret or not talking about it, whatever. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to say though, that this, that this is what feels like that is, I guess I'm going to call it like the Victor effect. Once people start to see the uh, the otherworldly stuff that's going on here, it feels like they their break with trying to rationally figure stuff out ends. And that's, I think, the biggest breakthrough because up to this point, Tabitha has basically been trying to like rationalize where the power is coming from, rationalize what's underneath right. the house. And I think we're done with that with Tabitha. I don't think she can go back anymore because But I think the audience needed that, you know? Like yeah. oh, I do too. Yeah. So that Absolutely. was more for us. I mean, well, from a writer point of view. And the same thing now is happening with Jade, right? Because uh -huh. Jade is still trying to puzzle things out but he's trying to puzzle things out in a way that just kind of annoys people and makes people upset even victor who was once his ally right it now after he ransacked his room and stole his violin and now victor's like stay away from me i don't want to have anything to do with you that seems to be important wouldn't you say yeah yeah i mean yeah because he's I, I mean, I... go ahead no, yeah, because you know, see, I keep going back and forth. Like, do you think that he knows a lot more than he's putting on? I, I think okay, so I think Victor does know a lot more, but uh -huh. but I think it's locked in Victor's mind in the way that if you were to ask a child to describe mm -hmm. uh, an intersection that had, you know, multiple cars and pedestrians and things, they probably would only be able to hone in on one detail at a time. Right. And I think that that's what's happening with Victor. His mind works very much like a child's mind instead of like an adult's mind with very rational sort of critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you kind of get the sense that after living here for so long, he's seen so much death and trauma that he probably doesn't have a really good fix on what's happening overall just being able to piece together clue by clue hey here's the connection with this because remember i saw this let's not also forget because boy do i ever keep going back to this i had a dream about this actually once let's not forget that it's victor that was out there measuring the trees because he thinks the trees are moving. Right. Yeah. What's that about? Like, that tells me that Victor has been there long enough to recognize patterns in how fast the trees are moving. Um, that just feels really weird. Also, the other thing is, remember his hideaway that we saw in episode two? Yes. Victor's hideaway has, like I had said before, it's been there for a long time. He has a whole other house set up when he needs refuge. That can't be because he doesn't know 
that, you know, when things are going to go down, he needs a place to retreat to. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, he knows way more than he's, he's uh, letting on. But I, I don't know. Just, if it's, yeah, like you said, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's uh, enough. Really... Well, I think he just he can't put the pieces together, right? Remember the quest. If we look at this like the quest, he's like the um, he's like the knowledgeable um, person on your quest. That if you ask them a question, they know the answer in the moment, but they can't necessarily put all of those pieces together to help you solve the puzzle because they only know just their own small part. But he knows so many small parts. Like, do I think that Victor knows what those? symbols mean yeah i kind of do but do mm. i think that jade totally blew his chance to figure it out by messing with victor's violin yep i think that is exactly what just happened mm. so until we can get back to that and the rest of the town kind of treats victor like he's not an outcast but you know they, they they keep distance from him he's weird he's not exactly one of them um and that I think leads to a lot of <laughs> they can't possibly be able to figure anything out because they never really get close enough to him. They don't communicate with him. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know that I, that's just what I keep seeing. Um, okay. So uh, Jim ends up in the hospital ward. Right. And yeah. let's talk about what Jim ends up seeing so uh, first of all yeah i don't know what the heck is up with that lady that comes in to see him what did you think about that i because that creeped me right the heck out yeah yeah she's uh she's something else this lady like is she is she really uh just like everybody else or is does she know something I think she I think she knows something. I got least, that feeling too. Yeah, that's what I get the the feeling is that she knows something. Uh hopefully she's not just a um a red herring that she's actually in fact there you know that there's something to her. I'm going to hope so because it, it I mean she she you know what she has the affect of the people in the woods. She has the affect of like being that overconfident smiley person. Mhm. Mm you know, which just really did not sit very well with me at all. Um so okay. So we move sort of back and forth. Ellis and Kenny have been out looking to reset the traps um and ellis wants to pick flowers for fatima because basically he thinks now's the time to propose because of course you know how do you follow up a night of everybody being killed propose oh, yeah. to the person that you love i mean it makes perfect sense. that's what i would do exactly yeah i i think it's more that <laughs> poor ellis he, i think he feels like he's on the precipice of impending doom with Fatima and that she's losing everything that makes her who she is. And he's just trying to somehow bring a little bit of normalcy, bring some kind of hope back to who she is by proposing. And, you know, I, I mean, it makes sense. It does. Um, but he's out there picking flowers and it turns out 
that the traps are set with these little pieces of rebar or, you know, good sized pieces of rebar. And as they're out there, uh, they come across a lady who is pinned to a tree with a piece of rebar through her head. Now, at first it looks like maybe she's dead, but of course, no, she's not. Yeah, and yeah. The, 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 the episodic title uh, this time around is tether. She's tethered to the tree. Um, there's a lot of other tethers in this episode, but you know, that's the big one. And so they start talking to her and she says, that the creatures came in and that they pulled them both out and that they basically put her on the tree so that she could watch what was happening. I, I, you know, I don't know how to feel about that, but what did you think about that particular piece? Is there, do you think that there's a reason that they did that? Or do you think that that's just like, cause have we ever heard about this happening before? No, it seems like it's uh, extra cruel even mm -hmm. for, for them, you know, like, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's very different than what we've we've seen from them. Um, I, I, I was a little bit confused by that. Like, mm -hmm. like that seemed, um, yeah, not just extra cruel, but also, um, uh, what is a good word for that? It 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 felt like there was some point of generating maybe emotion fear uh i don't know something yeah it seems like a big change right it felt it's like a departure uh-huh yeah hmm i i'm 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 a little i'm a little uh perplexed by that particular piece but it's horrific and they run back ellis runs back uh to get um no, I'm sorry. Is it Kenny? Kenny runs back to get Christy. Yeah, Kenny. And so Christy comes out. Christy's our paramedic. She comes out and she's like, okay, well, look, there really is nothing that we can do here. Uh, this person is going to die. And I'm, I'm still very overwhelmed sometimes by the fact that they are so adamant that they have to bring their people back to be buried that they do not leave them out there, um, you know, that they're very vigilant about not leaving bodies anywhere. Um, I, I really feel like that is so, it's very striking. It's very striking to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so they absolutely end up, uh, they end up killing her um, when they try to pull her off of the tree. And everybody knows that that's what's going to happen. Here's what I want to know. Just before Boyd shows up, almost as if the proximity of Boyd is doing this, she starts to scream. Right. What's as that if, about? Yeah, as if there uh, that there's something going on there. I don't know uh, what is. I mean, I don't know what to think about that one because look, um, Boyd, you know, Boyd is, uh, you know, he is a, um, he's a character in which they, um, that some, you know, he just got that bite. Right. So it makes me wonder is, 
there's something there that's giving him some sort of uh, insight that we didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. So let's – somebody brought this up to me, and I don't remember exactly how to form this into, uh-huh. like, the right – the right way to say it but what they said was um the names of the two characters the two characters that we just the 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 uh the girl and the guy the names of those two characters form the name of the first guy that boyd ever saw die in war and we know right. that because boyd mentioned it right right and all of a sudden now coincidences don't feel like coincidences yeah definitely not at all right so that that piece also seemed kind of important i do you know i found it really funny uh, not funny haha but funny like you know wow, ironic. I, yeah i guess I, I don't even know if i found it ironic as much it was it was just like wh- this is crazy um boyd when he first shows up says you guys go i'll handle this right like he was gonna shield them from uh yeah. And, you know, as touching as I think that that was, I also feel like, has Boyd not been paying attention? Everybody has been so traumatized that there is no, there's no such thing as this trauma not touching you. Like, I, you know, I get where he's trying to come from, but I also feel like, I don't know. I, I Sometimes Boyd seems so misguided in his effort to try to help people that I feel like he's giving them all the wrong help. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but it does feel like that to me. Um, I, I, I have to wonder. She, she says she hears something. The mm-hmm. girl, right? I have to wonder if whatever is happening with the worms in Boyd is not creating that sound. And that, and that sort of goes back to what I was saying before about how when he's in the forest, maybe the creatures maybe they resonate uh, maybe that sound is something that they resonate with i don't know but it did seem really strange that whole i think that that whole event sequence was really crazy i don't know what what were your feelings about it like start to finish they find the girl they have to pull her off the rebo i mean it was just crazy i mean you uh, i mean we talked about this a little briefly it's just it's disgusting <laughs> like the whole um the whole thing with uh ugh. uh it, i don't you know i'm not a fan of uh of uh that it's really gross <laughs> you know yeah uh, it's kind of creepy gross you know me uh so um just and it's so sad because you know i knew the minute she was you know she was alive that it was going to end with her dying because i mean what else was going to happen you know this is a you know, it's a, uh, but you know, it was something that needed to happen. I mean, something that was going to happen. So, right. And then when she's screaming, when they put, oh God, it was tra- tragic. It was, but we don't know if she was like, was she screaming in pain? I don't know. But, or was she screaming because Boyd was next to them? I think she was screaming in pain. I mean, yeah, probably. Painful. I mean, if somebody tried to pull a rebar thing out of my head, yeah, I'd probably be in pain too. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's let's talk about Kenny. Uh, Kenny goes to the church, mm-hmm. Father Katya's church, and he is 
looking for something, I think, for a eulogy, right? right? And he hears something in the basement. He goes down to investigate, and lo and behold, he sees Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is up with that? What do I think is going on with Sarah? Yeah, why is she hiding out in the church basement? Because I think that's the the only place where there's any kind of refuge, you know. Um. Yeah, I definitely think. Uh, I definitely think that there is something. I, I I think Sarah probably came back. I don't know if she came back to the church from the faraway tree, but if she came back, this would be the only place that she could would probably think that somebody wouldn't come to find her. Right, because everybody uh, hates her right now. She was gonna kill Ethan, right? So she's not exactly, uh, you know, she's not beloved. <laughs> she's she's sort of person non grata in the town, right? Um, but Boyd is absolutely convinced that she knows something because she seems to have some kind of, you know, town whisperer aspect to her. And uh, nobody seems to be able to figure out whatever that is. Um, I, I want to sort of just you know, end with this episode, despite the fact that we didn't have a ton of action, the stakes felt really high in this episode, high for everybody, including Donna, who basically, you know, inside of her greenhouse tells Boyd, look, I don't think I can take much more of this. You know, we all can't take any more of this, but for Donna to break down and admit that feels and his nails too. Yeah. Like we were saying in the last podcast, I mean, she's so badass in some, some scenes and for her to break down and tell Boyd that it feels like, you know, that is really significant. Um, and especially at a time when Boyd is questioning the reality of everything. It, feels like we are on a collision course for some pretty uh hard times ahead i guess i should say so what what did you think overall of this episode oh i thought it was excellent i mean i i thought that it was it was very well done uh, uh i feel like uh the show is i mean i i feel like the show always had a had you know look good you know right but i thought that this one was even this one did a really good job. I, I I will say one of the things that I think that this episode did particularly well was give us um, a connection between our, our main characters and a newfound understanding of the world that they're in. That is, the old rules may not apply as much as they think that they previously did. The creatures mm -hmm. want to play with them. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> that sounds so funny when you say it like it that. It does. Um, but play. it's true, right? They just want yeah. to play. Um, mm -hmm. There's a maliciousness to things that feel like it's taken, a, you know, a new turn. Um, and it and it and it also feels like the characters are coming to a new reality. Oh, one more thing. Gotta gotta say this. Uh, Tabitha, when she was in the catacombs she saw a structure and who was building that structure on the porch but ethan ethan said i think it's a puzzle and he builds this like little structure 
that structure was something that Tabitha saw underneath the ground. Right. So is that a new talisman? Is it, what is it? Mm. Another, mm. another quest piece, I guess. Um, I personally loved this episode. I thought it was great. I, okay, I feel like it, it, you know, picked up exactly where it was supposed to pick up. Um, it does not feel like it, it, it feels to me like from so far, even reaching back into season one, but now, you know, moving into season two has not lost any magic. In fact, it is, uh, if anything, picked up a lot. And that is, I think, sometimes kind of rare because sometimes you get a first season and then the second season can be slightly lackluster because it feels like, you know, well, you're not really sure where they're going to pick up and things don't maybe totally align. Soft, and fun. yeah, you, you're the correlations don't quite match. And, from is doing an amazing job of you know being sort of like a roadmap to telling a puzzle story um i absolutely really really love it so um uh, are there, do you have any other comments about this particular episode no i just thought that like i agree with you i thought the episode was excellent and um looking forward to you know i'm really looking forward to what's to come next you know yeah, me too. I, I haven't heard how many episodes are in this uh, so season. 10. Is it 10? Okay, yeah. so we've got a while to go, which feels pretty good. Um, I, I got to mention one other thing that I really thought was great about this episode. I love the way that Boyd put his de-escalation skills on full display with the guy from the bus who right. wanted to like take the guns. I love that because it really shows us why Boyd is in the position that he's in. It's not just that he's tough. It's that he understands how to talk to people. I, I really thought that that was good. So, yeah. Um, you can find me over at moviesandmeals.com. Um, you can also join me for my other podcasts, including 10 to 1 and Storyteller Power Hour over at wadcomedia.com. We do those uh, weekly, and I'd love for you to follow and join us for them. Uh, Kinte, how can we find you? Uh, you can get me at uh, Kente F on Twitter and Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And uh, I just want to say, look, I'm once again, I'm looking forward to this uh, this next season. Me too. This or is this actually, season, uh, not next. This season. season. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm actually looking forward to next season too. I mean, they've got so much that I don't think they can wrap everything up in this little time span. So let's hope okay. that they opt for another season. I agree. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I had a great time. I hope you'll join us for the next episode coming this coming week and let us know what you think. <laughs>